Well, hello, welcome back to Divas, Diamonds and Dollars podcast, where we bring you the key success principles for business, personal finance and leadership to empower you with the tools and strategies to help you live your best life. We invite you to lean in for possibly the best conversation you have had all week. Now, today it's going to be super good because we are excited to bring you an installment from our signature Trailblazer interview series as we sit down and take a deep success dive with today's superstars who are doing B.I.G., bold, inspiring and gifted things and changing the world we live in. I'm pleased to introduce today Lisa Love, the CMO and co-founder of Tenoshi, where the mission is to prepare all kids for a digital future no matter their socioeconomic background. She oversees the planning, development, and execution of the marketing strategy for Tenoshi Computers. Briefly, because I'm going to let her tell her own story, uh, Lisa received her MBA from an HBCU, Clark Atlanta University, and began her career over 20 years ago, working for Fortune 500 CPG, I believe that's consumer product groups, companies, including Heinz and Del Monte, and brand and product marketing. She managed a portfolio of brands that generated revenue up to $75 million and also spent several years working for the number one online retailer of wine, whose name you'll recognize you if you imbibe just a little bit of the adult libations, wine.com. Lisa Antonoshi also appeared on Shark Tank in 2020. Lisa has been named among the 100 powerful women of 2020 by Entrepreneur Magazine and Top 100 Women Entrepreneurs of 2020 by Inc. Magazine also. My two favorites, I have to read those cover to cover, so make sure you check out those articles. In 2021, she also made the Forbes Next 1000 list. So as I said, I'm gonna let her introduce herself. I could not let you know let her slip by without mentioning a few of the accolades. Welcome, wow. Lisa. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. So good to be here. Oh, now. Being that you're so famous, uh, <laughs> I would not say that. <laughs> I just thought I would say that, but you know, I just wanted to tell you, Lisa, here's the thing. I don't know if I should say this or not. I meant to ask you this. Now, the last time before today that we met or spent any time together, do you remember we worked together on the Black MBA board for San Francisco and we were at the volunteer appreciation luncheon at the Berkeley Marina? Oh yeah. Okay, we shared a table. And I think this might have been just before you joined, uh, became part of Tenoshi because you were at, I think you were at a crossroads because you literally said, I wonder, you were asking the question about your next step. So I don't know the year that, that was because I'm terrible with time. You might right. know better, but anyway, so ever since I've been watching you, your, you know, your journey and being, as I said, vicariously proud of you and, and I don't want to use the word envious, that's inappropriate, but I've been so happy for your success because I so remember that conversation. <laughs> so anyway, I know all that lean in. Let me just let you tell your story a little bit. Introduce yourself to our listeners and um, maybe how you came to be. No, you know, that's funny that you said that though. Um, I do remember that luncheon, and yeah, I was at a complete loss. Uh, with my my next direction but anyway let me um I'll just kind of rewind a little bit um so like so like you mentioned I got my MBA way way back long time ago um and then from there I worked in the corporate world um but I always knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to do my own thing mm -hmm. what that was going to be I had no idea although I had this really, a, a passion for food, right? For food? Something for food, like okay. the food industry. Okay. And so it was like a running joke in grad school. I would only um, interview for food companies, like major food companies. Oh, That's okay. how I ended up at Heinz okay. and, okay. and then, um, you know, in brand marketing, which, you know, looking back, I mean, it was a great skill set to have and to, um, develop because I mean, you're running your own business, right? So you're running your own brand. So that, you know, helped me 20 years later uh, <laughs> with my entrepreneurial journey. Um, but yeah, so I did the corporate thing, but I always knew I wanted to do my own, you know, start my own business. I just didn't know what I thought. I always thought it was going to be food. 
-hmm. But then, you know, during the, the corporate journey, I always had a side hustle, right? Okay. I knew I wanted to do my own thing. Um, and I felt like I needed, and I love marketing, but I felt like I needed to get more. And I wasn't really doing marketing per se um, later on when I was at wine.com. And so I felt like I needed to get those marketing skills up to speed. So I would take courses. I took some like social media courses at San Francisco State, got certified, all that stuff, right? This was my sort of side hustle. I also worked with my mom. My mom, I grew up in LA. And my mom taught in Los Angeles Unified School District for 50 years. Wowzer. <laughs> yeah. So, and the primary grades. And she's mm -hmm. very creative. So she always like created her own materials to teach the kids. She taught in South Central. Oh. And so, um, so she had to be creative, right? Um, so growing up with a teacher and then my dad, he was, um, he was an engineer, um, so he was one of the first blacks to graduate from Purdue University's engineering school back in the fifties. So, um, imagine <laughs> the challenges then. Absolutely. The yeah. So, so yeah, so he graduated there. So, you know, as I'm plugging along and, you know, the food thing I dabbled, you know, started, worked with a few, uh, entrepreneurs in, uh, in food but nothing really panned out. And that's why probably when I saw you at that lunch, mm, I was okay. like, you know, and then, you know, I had been at uh, wine.com for 11 years. I was just like, it just, nothing was really um, kind of like working for me. I, I wasn't moving up. I wasn't learning. I was very complacent. The food stuff wasn't happening. That's why I was like, God, what is, what am I supposed to be doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so then, um, and so then, you know, like I said, I've been, I had always worked with my mom, like on the side, my, one of my side hustles, like developing her materials. Um, and we developed an app and then, um, you know, and then things happened with, with wine.com and eventually I just left, um, lots of stuff happened. And so it just wasn't for me. And so then, then I was kind of like torn between, okay, what is my next step? Um, my, a friend of mine here in the Bay area ended up, uh, hearing about a pitch contest. Oh. And so, um, she like dragged me there. Literally. I was not, I didn't really want to go, but I was like, okay, anyway. So we went to this pitch contest and that's where I met Brad Johnston the founder, original founder, founder of Tenoshi, um, and he was pitching the computer. Mm. And so, um, so I went up to him and at the time I was working again with my mom developing a typing app for, for young kids. And so that's how, um, that's kind of how it all started. Really. I went up to him at that pitch contest said, Hey, you know, I'm working on a typing app. It would be perfect for your computer. One thing led to another and here I am. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to say you have glossed over like so many things that are just like, I'm just going to have to tell you they're not, um, they're not, they're uncommon. On, I, and that's not even an accurate word, but it's late. So what can I tell you? But, you know, first of all, you talked about a pitch contest. So I'm going to have to have you break that down a little bit because a lot of people probably don't know what that is. And then to your point about not developing just one app, but you went on to develop another app. And so, and I guess we can talk about that later because, you know, first of all, and, you know, you even in this event where you didn't actually say whether you were there to pitch your own product, but coincidentally, uh, you know, you went on to, to approach this other person. About that, that is a whole nother chapter conversation that we need to have. But I mean, so, I mean, that is, you, you've hit upon several, I would say, important factors for women, well, people, but especially women in particular to be successful is that you have to put yourself out there. Yep. You have to go to unfamiliar territories. Yep. And I don't want to use the word comfortable. You don't necessarily have to be comfortable talking to strangers, but you need to be able to talk to strangers because I'm not comfortable any old time, but I can make myself do it, you know? Right, right. Um, so hats off to you. And I just want to pick on one little tiny thing. 
because you know you you've talked about your mom mother's um wow career uh teaching my mother was also a teacher i forgot you know we have that in common too so well, we just need a glass of coffee yeah but, um <laughs> uh and i guess you really answered the question because i was wondering did the apps that you created that was part of what led you to Tenoshi. so i guess really you answered that question um what was my anyhow so what was it just specifically for okay did you have a plan because i always say when you go networking you should have a plan um or was this just a happy coincidence that you ran into him and were attracted or did you know do they tell you who's going to be there well so it was at the cape Forest center um and it was just you know small businesses like startups really right um that were pitching and um, I know I did not know who was going to be there again. So my friend, she's like, hey, they're having this pitch contest at the Kapoor Center, you know, and Kapoor Center is very um, supportive. They're a huge advocate of minority uh, okay. entrepreneurs. Um, and so we're like, she's like, you know, let's let's go there. So just see what what it's like. Um, I was like, okay, <laughs> again, being, you have to be out of yourself. And I would say the number one thing I tell people who are, um, who want to start their own business is you have to network. You have yeah, to be out there. You do, you do. Yeah. I did a whole course on that. And really, I like meeting people, but you know, it's those first three words. Once you get past those first three words, then it's going to flow, but it, it takes me a minute sometimes. You are so, I would, I would think you're an extrovert. Like you are so out there. You are so friendly, you're like, so friendly. I mean, very approachable. I would think that, you know, that's, that's like your cup of tea networking. I appreciate you saying that because um, the magic has worked, but no, it is, it, you know, it's a little conversation. It's like going to the gym. You kind of have to have that conversation first but it'll happen. So anywho, um, you know, I would also say, and I rewriting the whole script, but anyway, it sounds like, well, not sounds like you guys were absolutely ahead of your time because I want to say, obviously you were trying to address the very real issue of the socioeconomic divide um, for, you know, tech, for, you know, many of the uh, our kids today and especially kids of color um so you guys were ahead of the game which I wonder what that conversation was be like around the corporate table in your office because we all know how that really came into play what in the last couple of years that we're all trying to forget right. um hey. you know so I hope you can speak to that a little bit yeah. and how that has impacted what your plans are but I'm also kind of wondering because you guys were so doing something really important because this is so needed. I'm not, I mean, my kids are grown, so I'm not involved with the younger set, but I, I'm aware of the need and what a difference that can make in people's lives. So I'm just kind of wondering, have you done any studies or follow-up with the original users? Is that part of your um, plan? Because um, I imagine that would be part of, say, the pit, any future pitches or when you're looking at funding. Is that something that you guys so, yeah, so have done? It's interesting that you brought the fact up, the, the fact that, you know, we're ahead of our time, because that's exactly <laughs> what Damon John said to us okay. um, from Shark Tank. I was going to say, she um, dropped that so casually, ladies and gentlemen. Did you hear what she said? Please carry on. Damon John said. <laughs> well, so just, you know, one of our conversations, our initial conversations with him, he said those exact same words um is that we were, were ahead of our time and it's true because you know we're we came out with a computer that everyone can um can use it's not you know computers should not just be for affluent families right mm -hmm. computers are a basic educational tool um that everyone needs um you know i equate it to textbooks Right. Mm -hmm. When we were back in school, textbooks were needed. You know, if you didn't have a textbook, then <laughs> you're like you're you're left behind you're behind the eight ball. It's not going to happen. Exactly. So computers are what textbooks were back in the day when I was growing, when I was in school. So um, so the fact that we were addressing that whole need, um, you know, in 2000, 2018 was when we came out with our computers. And then of course, 2020 hit 16 million kids in the US 
um, didn't have a computer or an inter or internet access, like uh, it's like 200 million worldwide. Mm. So, I mean, that was, that's huge, right? Um, so, you know, and then the whole COVID pandemic stuff, that, that's a whole other ooh, whirlwind for us. Um, and the thing was with Shark Tank, aired in 2020 our episode of shark tank aired in 2020 in may so you know march was when COVID hit all of our inventory went out the door <laughs> it was sold mm -hmm. and then there's supply issues and then may we didn't have any inventory but we our shark tank um, episode was airing it's like oh how can we not have inventory <laughs> so anyway we kind of wrestled with that but we anyway so um, but yeah, to answer your question, yes, um, we, we are ahead of our time. Um, and as far as, you know, the learnings, I do surveys, market research surveys, like every year, a big survey with all of our customers oh, okay. and um, try to gain a little bit more insight on what's, you know, what the, what the child is learning, what's basically, you know, what's um what's the benefit right of of the computer to these families and you know and how are the the children reacting to because mm. we preload content um that's one of the, the the advantages of the computer it's age appropriate and we target mm. six to 12 year olds with our computer so we preload content coding apps um you know of course there's google docs and sheets so kids can do their homework they don't have to have internet connection. That's a big competitive advantage of our computers too, is that um, to do a lot of the stuff on the computer, you don't have to have internet. And that was, there's two things that um, we saw, you know, during the pandemic with uh, education for kids. One was that either didn't have a computer or they didn't have uh, Wi-Fi internet. Right. And so um, we're, we specifically design our computers or, you know, the apps that we preload, the content that we preload on our computers um, don't require internet. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we do the survey uh, with the parents, you know, I want to say like 60%. I just, we're just finishing up the survey now. Mm -hmm. It'll finish actually in about a week or so. And about 60 of 60% of the parents um, said that their child now enjoys learning because of the computer. Um, the comments that we get are just like so moving, you know, the fact that like a lot of the parents, they have kids with ADHD and it's been, you know, they say that, you know, the computer has just really, really helped their child um, learn better or ADHD to autism, lots of different comments. So. Um, we do need to, I have to say, we do need to track this better, but, um, you know, we get a general sense from, from the surveys about how the, the computer is improving the lives of children. You know, there's so many things that we can hang our hat on, if you will, and, you know, finding your platform and finding your, finding your place in the ecosphere is, is just huge. So, I'm, I'm excited for, you know, what's next. And you may have already said this, but I just want to clarify because, I mean, for many people during the pandemic, this was, you know, once we got over that whole deer in the headlights, like, you know, what? <laughs> and, and right. Are we over it? I'm not sure. I, I want to be optimistic and say that, you know, we're able to turn the corner, but right. it was an it was a period of opportunity for a lot of people. So for you all, be, being that you, you know, were ahead of the game, how, what are some post pandemic lessons and opportunities? What's, what, what do you think is around the corner given what you've, what you knew at the beginning, how you've grown and, you know, what are some opportunities that might be coming up for Tenoshi? Definitely. So um, content is always king, right? So, um, you know, think of our computer as this all in one device for again, this age group six to 12, where um, they can do everything on this computer. And, uh, you know, they can learn, they can learn financial literacy, right? Oh. That's a big <laughs> focus of mine this year is to, and there's a lot of different financial literacy apps out there. But for to kids? 
preload of financial. Yeah, there's, I'm finding, and you know what? It's, there's a, there's a handful of um, minority developers basically that are developing these financial literacy apps for kids in this age group, because I think that is so important, especially with our folks, um, you know, learning about, you know, saving and (laughs) what it means to, you know, you know, banking and even, even like entrepreneurship. Some of the apps are like um, also hitting on, you know, being an entrepreneur and owning your own business. And, you know, I just think it's so important. It's Um, huge. Good. Good to hear. So that's, that's a focus of mine is to get a a financial literacy app preloaded. But, you know, STEM, we already preload a couple of kids coding apps so Mm -hmm. that again, we're targeting a certain, not only age group, but demographic. Okay. We, we target uh, basically black and brown folks, Uh um, underserved communities. And so underserved, underrepresented communities. So, um, so STEM, you know, coding, introducing, at least exposing kids to uh, coding at an early age. So if I can just ask you, so again, with people who may be unfamiliar, STEM, as I recall, is science, technology, engineering, and math? Correct. I also noticed there's an A in there. Do you know what that A came from? What is that? Say again. Steam. It's it's the arts. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think we have plenty of <laughs> There, yeah. Oh, that in there. Okay, I was I'm curious. Sure I'm sure there's going to be another letter added, you know, in another year or so. Okay, the arts. <laughs> interesting. I don't know about that one. I I, yeah, I think it's arts. I want to say it's arts, but okay. we, you know, we we focus mainly on STEM. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I just wanted to explain what that was for people, again, if they're not working in the field, just so that, you know, um, people are aware of what's, what the push is and, you know, what the need is, so. Right, right, because, you know, the jobs, right, the job market in the future, it's, it's you know, they're the highest paying jobs and there's going to be huge demand for engineers in the future with all this technology. So, you know, at least expose them you know, black and brown kids to, to, uh, to coding now, right? Oh, absolutely. Even, yeah. Even so women. they grow up with it and it's not so unfamiliar. And because that's the, if I may, you know, one of the things I think it's, it's, is an issue is that if these things are not known, if exactly. they're so completely foreign, right. Then you have all these stories that you tell yourself about what I can and cannot do is like, well, I never heard of it. So it must not be for me. So yeah, I think the earlier, the better. And, you know, they, each generation I read, you know, kind of supersedes or does better than the previous generation. So, I mean, we, we do need to start them, you know, early. So six to 12 is an absolutely awesome time to get, you know. And we did before COVID, we did, we did kids coding workshops with our computers. We went into East Oakland to the library and to um, to this, to an elementary school and taught the kids. We went into the classroom and taught um, several fifth grade classes uh, coding. And when we asked them, like in the beginning of the class, we always asked, you know, who's who's coded before? You know, no one's no one raises, no one raises their hand. hand. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of them don't even have computers, right? Still, even, yeah. Yeah, at home. Wasn't there this whole big push that every kid was going to have a computer? Was that just a room, an urban legend? Um, <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, in this, in this, in this neighborhood, you know, you still don't use. Like I said, 16 million kids when the pandemic hit did not have computers. Um, hundreds of millions across the world. So, um, but the the point of my story was that you know we went into East Oakland, but we also went into Silicon Valley. Uh huh. Those ki- and did kids coding workshops, those kids, when we ask the question, who's coded? I mean, they were saying they've like, they've, they're learning Java and all of this stuff in Silicon Valley because their parents are engineers, right? Sure, sure. So that's the gap that we're seeing. You know, you've got the Silicon Valley kids that are already starting to code. And then you've got, you know, kids in East Oakland, the lower income um, community where they don't even have a computer at their, at home. So it's just, it's this huge gap and that's what we're trying to uh, narrow. 
So I'm just saying, and, and clearly I, I, you know, watch the news too much because, you know, since they closed the schools, I thought there was quote unquote money to provide computers for kids. But again, so not- I mean, it's gotten time. better. It's gotten better since COVID, right? But then, but then even with COVID, you know, with the lower income communities, they're getting the like hand-me-down computers. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I sound so naive, Donna. I, I, well, she believes everything she sees on TV. Apparently, this is inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, they get the hand-me-down computers. They get, you know, the keys are broken, all this stuff. Oh. So it's just, yeah. That is so very wrong. Well, let me let me turn the corner, but that's kind of a bummer there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anywho, I am, again, as I said, peripherally so excited for you and Tenoshi, and I will be keeping an eye on you, Lisa, because I'm excited to see what's next. Um, so on your journey, if you will, you know, I, and I'm sure you've heard the same things I haven't, and I'm not um, in the same startup uh, arena that you work in, but you know, there's an oft-touted statistic, as you will, about the lack of success, lack of access to venture capital for Black entrepreneurs. So what lessons can you share from your experience, for example, on Shark Tank? Um, I, I always watch Shark Tank with the mute button or with my remote in my hand, because I don't like <laughs> to hear Mr. Wonderful say anything mean. You know, I don't want to hear the mean part. I just want to hear the story, and I want to know the yes or the no. And then I got to click on the mute when they're fighting it out in the middle. But what would you say, what are some lessons if, if you have some takeaways? You know, it is true, you know, I think with it's under 1% as far as VC uh, capital that blacks receive, especially like black women. So it's, you know, horrendous, um, really, really sad. Um, so what does that mean? <laughs> like I said, network, right? You've got to get out there and network, I mean, start now. If you know you wanna start a business, you've got to start now and start meeting people because it's all about who you know. So much like nepotism and so much um, as far as like getting funded, it's, um, you know, what school you went to, all of that stuff, mm. unfortunately um, is a, a major factor and who gets funded. It's, it's all about who you know and getting into that circle of folks that, um, that you know, have the big bucks. Um, so, so that's, that's a, a huge recommendation that I would make to anyone starting off. Um, as far as Shark Tank, I mean, you know, that was an interesting, um, it, it came up sort of in an interesting way in that we did not, like you, I had never watched Shark Tank. Okay. <laughs> like, seriously, I had never watched Shark Of course, I've heard of it, but it wasn't like something that was even on our radar as far as like approaching. Mm -hmm. They came, they actually came to us what? and um, they found us and they contacted Brad and <laughs> it was the casting director. And when Brad saw the email, he's like, Brad is, is the CEO, he's, he's, the, he's the other founder. Um, and Brad was like, is this real? So we you know, kind of checked it out and embedded it and yeah, it was real. So, um, so then we you know, contacted the, the casting director said, yeah, you know, we're, we're interested. We might as well go through it and see, we need money. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we went through that whole process. I mean, it was, it was very, very lengthy. I mean, from the time they contacted us to the time it actually aired, it was like a year. Wow. And there was a lot of like confidentiality. We couldn't like my, sure. my parents were the only ones that knew we were even going through this whole whole process. Um, we couldn't tell anyone. There was so much confidentiality, even though we were like, you know, bursting, bursting at the scene. Like, <laughs> I got a secret. It's killing me. Right. 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 But uh, we couldn't say anything. Um, but, you know, with that whole experience, as far as my learning, you know, um, again, getting out of yourself, I, <laughs> when my co-founders are like, okay, Lisa, you've got to be on, on TV. I was just like, I'm such the behind the scenes person, you know, I'm not one to be in the limelight at all. And so um, the fact that I had to like really get out of myself 
um, <laughs> and get up there and do that silly skit. That was <laughs> well. You know, I I could I I could see you having some thoughts. I I watched you know obviously just a little snippet on YouTube, but um, it was funny because the only well I don't know, but yeah, it's I know there's a whole you know what they show in the episode versus the whole lead up. I know there's a whole I had no idea it was a whole year, but I know it's a, it's a production, right. and of course there's editing and this that and the other. But you know I know you don't see the whole thing, but well yeah I mean that what you saw on YouTube was like two or three minutes. We were right. there for a good 40, 45 minutes. And we, the way it was interesting to see how they edited it. Oh, really? Because, because we knew in the first like five minutes that Damon John was probably going to give us an offer. Oh, um, interesting. And, but, but the way they edited Does he have a tell? Huh? Does he have a tell? What they say in poker, like there's a tell, like, you know, if they have a good hand, does he have a tell? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, you know, just this was questions that he was asking us and stuff. Okay. And he like was real excited about it and you know, from the get-go. Um, but the way that they, you know, edited it, it was like dun dun dun, you know, <laughs> are they gonna get a are they gonna get an offer? Right, right. So anyway, but well, um, I mean, but you had the experience. I hope that was I hope you consider it to be a positive experience. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, lots of great things came came out of it definitely. Um, but you know, as far as the learning, it's just, you really have to get out of yourself. You've got to, um, you know, you're going to be in uncomfortable in a lot of situations, but you know, looking back, it's like, okay, I get it now. Um, you know, cause if I didn't do it, then, you know, who knows where we would be. So, and again, this is me reading. I don't have any firsthand experience, but I know, as you say, that it's difficult to get money. And I'm not just speaking of Shark Tank, um, but knowing that there are only seconds or at most a few minutes to capture the interest of a, you know, a funder, venture capitalist, angel investor, whomever. How did you prepare for your pitch? What do you think the key factors are? I mean, I heard that it was like, you know, you have to have a story or definitely you have to know your numbers, but you know, what, do you have any key factors that stand so, out to you? I would say the main thing is to, you have to know your audience. You mm -hmm. have to know who you're pitching to. Okay. You have to know, um, you know, what they're looking for. Um, because, you know, there's, it's not, what is it? everything is, is equal with pitching no. because, um, you know, there's pitches to social impact investors, there's pitches to VCs, there's pitches to, um, you know, angel investors. You have to know your, that's, that's actually, I mean, business marketing in general is that sure. I've always said those that really know their audience, those are the ones that are going to um, rise to the top. So, um, so I would say that's like the main thing is to really know who you're pitching to. And then you tailor your story according to that. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a social impact investor, then they're going to be, um, they're not going to be typically, they're not going to be as focused on like the bottom line, like mm -hmm. the numbers as much. They're focused more on, okay, what are you doing to help the community? Mm -hmm. so, so, um, whereas a VC, you know, they want that 10 X. Sure. So you've got to tailor your pitch to say, Hey, this is how we're going to grow. And this is how we're going to reach, you know, 10 X and make it worth your money. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really about know, knowing your audience and telling your story. I mean, you know, with Shark Tank, if you have traction, it's always good to um, state that up front mm. um, when you're telling your story. Um, so that's that's something that we typically do is, is tell our traction or, or tell our revenue numbers up front. Um, mm. And then also um, your team. You know, a lot of uh, investors are real, especially if you're really early, mm -hmm. you're really early startup and you don't have that traction then it's really important to talk about your team and how, and your expertise and how, um, you know, you have this passion or tell your story of why, why you're starting, you know, 
your business. Um, you know, so that that can kind of evoke emotion and really um, show your passion so that your the investor won't think, oh, well, you know, every, every time this, this person hits up, you know, uh, a hard time, they're not going to just go away. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that because I, I looked at your, what's it called? Staffing, it's not even the staffing, but on your website, I noticed that you do have advisors listed and I thought that oh, yeah. was interesting, but I felt it was also from the funding aspect of it, so. Um, so I'm going to have to say in my mind, and hopefully, I'm sure you know this, that you're definitely defying the odds, if you will. I mean, you know, I'm calling you a quadruple threat. Uh, you, put that on your t-shirt, quadruple threat. You know, you're black, you're female. That's the first time I've heard that, actually. Really? Yeah. You're, but I mean, look at it. Facts, facts is facts, as I say, you know, black, female, you're in tech and you're a founder. So the black and the female, you got that whole thing, right? Female is probably could have put them in any order, but you know, blacks in tech, you know, the, you know, you know, the rumors and yeah. then being a founder. So I'm going to say, can you say, what does that feel like? Or how does that shape your outlook as you're going about your uh, business or, you know, as you're interacting with others? You definitely have to have thick skin, right? You have mm -hmm. to have thick skin, you've got to be prepared to hearing those no's, 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 mm -hmm. no's, no's <laughs> all, all day long. <laughs> um, it's, it's really sad and it can get to people. That's why you really have to have that, um, be in that mental state. And that's why your team is critical. Um, surrounding yourself around folks that are going to, going to lift you up despite hearing all those no's, um, a team that will, that you can lean on where you're weak, they're strong and vice versa. Um, you know, and just bounce, not just bounce ideas off of, bounce your emotions, talk to them, you know, um, about how you're feeling. So it's really, really, as a black woman, as a founder in tech, you know, the quadruple that threat, um, it's, it's really important that you position yourself and you're surrounded by folks that aren't pulling you down even more. So like for me, like I've cut out all the drama. Like if, if you were too negative or had a lot of drama in your life, I'm like, eh, you know, um, I kind of distance myself away so that I could stay focused. You, you do. I, I, I just, the older I get, the lower my threshold for the, the BS factor is. I'm just like, I'm not going to deal. Have a nice day. Right. Um, you know, right. and it's, it's, I mean, I quote unquote like people, but I just don't care to deal yeah. with, you know, folks who are negative or just don't have, you know, it's, it's a challenge and it is draining. Um, right. So, but then you what what really really helps though for me is like i said like even the survey just reading the comments of the parents and how how what we're doing is really helping their child you know it's just like you read these comments and you're like oh, this is why i'm doing what i'm doing <laughs> you, you do have to remind yourself sometimes like i used to tell my staff and occasionally I still do is, you know, you have to create that, create an I love me file, if you will. You know, it's a thank yous, it's the testimonials in this case in right. vernacular. Um, right. And just remind yourself, because, you know, there are those days um, and we can all use a boost. Now, right. you know, you mentioned the word team and I'm thinking support network. And I, and I think in one of your articles that you mentioned that you do have a support network with, uh, among other women founders. And so how, I don't know internally or externally, perhaps maybe it's both. But how do you how do you how does this network help you in your journey? And as you spoke of, you know, dealing with the negativity or a sounding board. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah, you know, um, I've I've surrounded myself with um, you know, there's there's a few folks, women here in the Bay Area, um, even just on LinkedIn, we'll like talk or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but also like, I, I grew up in LA again, um, high school friends, you know, mm -hmm. long, 
long friend, you know, people that I've known for, you know, decades, <laughs> um, you know, they, they helped me through a lot. Um, and actually it's funny that you said, you said that because I am thinking about even starting a group here in the Bay area. I contacted a couple of women, black women, entrepreneurs, um, and starting a group with us where we meet like, you know, maybe once every other month or once a quarter mm-hmm. and just really, um, you know, sort of just tell everyone, Hey, this is what's going on. Sort of like a resource group too, mm-hmm. where, you know, I might be further along, you know, in this journey than others and I can help them, um, from what I've experienced. Sure. Um, and then also just be a, like a sounding board. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's something that actually this, this year I started reaching out to a couple of the black women here in the Bay area that are, our founders, um, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, wanted to see their interest in doing something and they were all for it. So, um, so hopefully within the next couple of months, start doing that. And I think that would really help a, a local support group mm-hmm. with black women founders. Yeah. I mean, 200%, I know there's a need, so you're probably going to have to be, I don't know if you're going to have an application process or be very selective, but yeah, I'm sure that would go <laughs> very well. Um, so I'm sure that's going to be an awesome resource for you and for the other members. Yeah. So, you know, you, I, again, I, <laughs> I had to do a little bit of homework. And so I know that you have a stellar track record, if you will, um, you know, the marketing for the well-known brands, a deep well of experience behind you. And of course, what you've created with Tenoshi, you probably get asked, asked this 18 times, but you know, what are you most proud of and why? What am I most proud of? Um, you know, I think it's just the fact that, um, uh, you know, I've been able to kind of adjust. Technology has not been really my forte. Again, I've always wanted to do food. Mm. And so kind of jumping into this new space, um, I think, you know, it's definitely a learning curve for me, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of amazed at how much I have learned with, within these last, I started in 2017. So I guess, what is it? Oh my God, five years. Um, so, so yeah, so just uh, being able to kind of um, change gears, switch gears when, you know, things weren't really happening. Um, the fact that, you know, I didn't, you know, everyone has options. And so um, it wasn't like I, you know, went downhill into this really dark space. I just kept moving and kept persevering and just said, hey, you know, there's something out there for me. Um, It's just a matter of finding it Mm. um, and being open and getting out of my, again, networking, getting out of my shell and being able to, to get out there and meet people, I think that's something that I'm proud of. Um, the fact that I've, you know, kind of overcome a lot of, a lot of stuff I had, you know, it was difficult. It was really difficult, especially with my last company. Um, I was in a really dark place and I could have really turned a whole different direction. And instead I was like, okay, let's just keep pushing forward, keep pushing forward. Um, and then finally, you know, something came to fruition and and so much to be proud of to be sure and being able to pivot and maybe it's probably even knowing when to pivot because I think you know there's a lot of women who are in your shoes who are in your shoes now where you were before is that you know they're not fulfilled they're not happy and you know we've Davis Diamonds and Dollars has done a couple podcasts on that you know finding fulfillment at work or you know knowing when to pivot so and then of course well taking on technology, which I'm in the woulda, coulda, shoulda phase, you know, Um, but that's, that's, that's where we're going. And I think that that is going to have to be a a large part of 
Well, I'm just going to say business success. I mean, you know, the things that we do on a personal level, how we access or otherwise utilize technology in our day-to-day is one thing, but from the business standpoint, especially if you want to be quote unquote big, um, technology is going to have to pay, uh, play a, a, a large role in, oh, you know, yeah. going forward. Right. Um, cause it's not right. getting less. It's becoming right. more and more entrenched into every crack right. or crevice of our life. Right. So right. Well, that's embrace why, it. That's why it's so important to get these young kids, you know, at least expose them. They might not, you know, they might not take a liking to it, but at least give them the chance. Right. And that's what, that's what we're about. Give, give kids a fair chance to succeed. Because like you said, we all know, I mean, it's just technology is not going away. It's going to get bigger and bigger. It's, there's going to be more and more demand and more and more money, you know? So <laughs> let's, let's give these kids a chance. So I'm just, I, again, for our listening audience, what would you recommend as a way forward for today's woman, entrepreneurial woman, leader, uh, what opportunities to excel lie ahead for us who want to create something special and impactful? What's your, what would you say? What's a few words of your message? What do we do, Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that inner voice. Um, you know, you got to be patient. Nothing happens overnight. Shoot, I'm in my 50s. <laughs> And I just, I mean, I don't want to, you know, be a downer or anything about it, but, you know, things do not happen overnight. If it, if they do, kudos to you. Um, but it's a journey, seriously, from, you know, from grad school, you know, I look back at all of my different experiences and then how I got to where I am today. And it's because of all of those experiences in my past. Absolutely. That sort of, I don't want to say culminated because it's not the end but it's, it's how I ended up being where I am today. And you have to kind of look at that, like really dig deep and kind of like see what your path is and, and listen to, um, listen to that inner voice. (laughs) Um, like I said, I never thought I was going to do technology. Mm -hmm. I never thought I was going to be like a teacher, but somehow, and it dawned on me, like, the last like couple years ago, as I was working with Tenoshi, I'm like, you know what? I just combine what my mom does and what my dad does yeah. into one. And now I'm in education technology, you know? And it took me a long time to figure it out. So be patient with yourself, um, get out there, network, see what's out there, expose yourself to different things. Um, you know, and just try to listen to that little voice. I always, and, and have that me time, like that really helps, helps. Um, it helps me. Like when I have spent time, like you said before this, you, you worked out, right? So for me, (laughs) it's that working out where I can actually kind of, uh, you know, I have that me time where I'm like listening to myself and what, what my next move is going to be. Um, so I guess, you know, those are some of the things that, that I, I'd want to encourage other entrepreneurs. You know, I, I always call it my, um, I mean, I go to the gym because that's, you know, we need to do weights as we get older um, and that type of thing. But, you know, my, I love taking walks, although I'm here to yeah. tell you, Antica has entirely too many bugs, but you know, in between the bugs, I like taking walks. I call that my open air office because a lot of my great ideas come to yes. me about, about walking. Yes. You know, when you can get out from behind the computer, go out there and get right. some vitamin D and let right. you know, just kind of relax. Yeah. Um, and you I said, mean, listen to your uh, inner, self. inner voice, you know, and I always say, listen to your gut because your stomach knows you just need to pay attention. Exactly. And we're so busy trying to argue with ourselves and throw up roadblocks and why this isn't going to work and why this, you know, why I can't. And I just... I have a very, very strong why not me muscle. And so I'm, I'm glad that um, I appreciate that you, you, you share that you're in your 50s because I, want, I just want to encourage women that look, never mind what happened yesterday. We're talking like right now, today and tomorrow. It is not over and you got choices right. and there's a lot out there and please right. embrace the world 
of opportunity. So hats off to you for saying that, Lisa. <laughs> I just want, you know, because I can't be the only one saying it. So thank you. <laughs> Um, so in conclusion, not conclusion, because that's, it's never over. Um, but so what's ahead for Lisa? You talked about your new group of founders, so that should be exciting for you. But you know, what's ahead for Lisa? What's ahead for Tenoshi? Um, yeah. Um, what are you excited about? We've got a new product launching in a couple months. We're actually, um, someone approached us and they're going to be doing a documentary on our startup. Um, so that's coming up next month. Um, yeah, new products, um, you know, just, I guess a lot of learning along the way. Um, and then for me personally, woo, um, well, I guess professionally, eventually, you know, I would, uh, I'm going to look at boards, you know, becoming a board member. Okay. Um, various organizations and um possibly you know an advisor um somewhere so that's kind of my my next step is you know definitely continue my journey with Tenoshi but eventually get up get on a board somewhere um and start advising Lisa you just keep giving and giving I'm hoping there's some playtime in there I didn't hear anything about a big exotic vacation in your future I've told myself that I'm gonna take two vacations this year I'm not sure how that's gonna happen but <laughs> you gotta no, have some playtime. Well, I'm going to see New Edition on Friday tomorrow night. So, oh my gosh, you sound like my niece. She is like she went on a New Edition cruise, girl. But anyway, um, anywho, well, that is so exciting, and I'm so very happy for you. And I'm I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me today because I know you are a busy lady. So thank you, and continued success to you. And so just as we wrap up, um, how can people reach you or find out more about you and your company or whatever you would like to share as we um, close out our little chat today? Sure. You can always uh, go to tenoshi.com. Um, that is our website. Find out more about us and what we're doing. Um, and always, I'm on LinkedIn. Actually, LinkedIn is probably my number one social media platform. Um, so, so yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Lisa loves marketing. Awesome doodles. Well, thank you again, Lisa. It has been a fun time today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Have a Absolutely. great day.